I'm Bob Main. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. And welcome to episode 582. This is Sunday, February 6th, 2022. I'm your humble host, Bob Main. Thanks for tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about my favorite ways to carry a handgun. This show is brought to you by Keepers Concealment Makers of one of the ways that I'm going to talk about carrying. They are the leading authorities on appendix carry. Look no further than Keepers Concealment Spencer Keepers has been a guest on this show. He's also one of our sponsors. But I don't say that just because he's one of our sponsors. I was promoting Spencer's products long before he became a sponsor on this podcast. Check them out. Keepersconcealment.com. Also, what's cool is they are a CCW Safe affiliate. You get 10% discount on awesome legal protection for concealed carriers. Check out the link in the show notes. Keepers Concealment and CCW Safe and the coupon code of KC10 off. So I have three favorite ways of carrying a handgun. It's a lot of different ways to do it. I'm going to talk about my three favorite and what I don't like. Let's get started. My favorite way to carry a handgun is outside the waistband, slightly behind my strong side hip. Uh, people would say that that's about the 330 position. If you think of your body like a clock, it's in the 330 position. Right now, as I'm doing this podcast, I'm carrying my SIG, P, excuse me, SIG P365, phenomenal handgun, outside the waistband. What I love about this pistol so much is that I got a 12-round magazine in it right now. It gives me a nice grip. I got a 13-round pistol that is extremely small, extremely easy to conceal. Earlier today, I was carrying my Glock 43X in a Concealment Solutions Cobra outside the waistband. That's another sponsor, Concealment Solutions. And their Cobra outside the waistband holsters are just phenomenal. It conceals so well. I went to church today. I carried a Glock 43X. Nobody knew anything. I always am armed wherever I am allowed to be armed. There's no excuses based on all the different ways that we have to carry. That's my favorite way. I'll tell you why. I recorded about a five-minute video on YouTube to kind of preview this episode. Check it out. Go over to my Handgun World YouTube page, and I do a series called Bob's Bullet Points. And my bullet point for this week, my favorite ways to carry. Watch the video that I did over there on my YouTube channel demonstrating how fast it is outside the waistband. Now, it's wintertime. It's February 6th, and I'm in South Texas. The winters aren't very bad here. 
but we still wear coats. In fact, the last two weeks, we've had to wear pretty heavy jackets. For those of you who are in northern areas in the United States, some of you might be listening from Canada. Some of you might be listening from other countries where it's really cold. You have a lot of sweatshirts and sweaters and jackets on. Carrying outside the waistband, it's, it's so ridiculously easy to conceal, especially if it's wintertime and you're wearing all those coats, and it's just so much faster. I saw my good friend Mike Ox on YouTube recently. I'll try to link to his video, but check it out, Mike Ox. And I, he was uh, demonstrating draw times from uh, concealed carry, and he was wearing a lot of winter clothing. Check that out, Mike Ox, O-X. And if you just search him on YouTube, you'll find it. And he was doing really well. Man, Mike is doing really well uh, teaching people how to draw quickly, especially wearing a lot of clothing. And it's winter, and he was wearing a winter coat and everything. He was, I think he was carrying inside the waistband. To me, it's just so much faster outside the waistband in every way. OWB in every way is just faster. And whenever you can do it, do it. You know, as long as you're wearing untucked clothes, and like I said, if you've got a jacket on, if you got a coat on, and even when you go inside, I went to a friend's house today, and I took my coat off. I had a nice, big, thick shirt on. Yeah, nobody knew I had a gun. And these Cobra holsters are just so easy to conceal outside the waistband. It's the most comfortable and fastest way. For me, it's even faster than appendix carry. Although I'll say, appendix carry can be lightning fast if you know what you're doing and you know how to how to draw properly. And if you take the training that Spencer Keepers does, and if you're wearing good equipment, like a good belt and a good appendix carry holster, on my YouTube video, you'll see me demonstrating the errand holster by Keepers Concealment. The errand holster, appendix carry. Just simply, I think, for a small gun, uh, the best way that you can appendix carry. The Keepers holster, if you got like a midsize or a full-size gun. But anyway, back to outside the waistband. That's my favorite way to do it. Simply, number one, I'm going to put that in the number one position and talk about that. First and foremost, it's my favorite way to do it. My second favorite way is appendix carry. And like I just got done mentioning, a good appendix carry holster by Keeper's Concealment, it's the way to go. They're super comfortable. It makes carrying even a full-size gun appendix carry super comfortable. Inside the waistband, to me, and I just, I'm just talking about me. I'm not talking about anybody else right now. For me, it's still a bit slower for me than outside the waistband. And it's still a little bit more uncomfortable than outside the waistband. But it's not unbearably uncomfortable. Especially with good equipment like good belts and good holsters uh, that you can get from Keeper's Concealment. So I highly recommend that. Appendix inside the waistband carry has become so popular that it's just unbelievable the number of people who are actually carrying in that method. I will say it's probably a little more concealable than any other method. More concealable than outside the waistband, more concealable than outside the waistband, strong side hip. Excuse me, I meant to say inside the waistband, strong side hip. It's more concealable, even for a large gun. And 
for a guy like me that has a little bit too much in the midsection because I eat too many tacos down here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, even for a guy like me, appendix carry is concealable and it's fast and it's efficient and it's my second way to carry. Some of the advantages, uh, if, if you're like wrestling with somebody, if you're in a fight first and it's more of a physical altercation, which it's probably more likely to be a physical altercation than it is a gun altercation. You know what I mean? It's probably more likely to be a physical close-in fight rather than a gunfight at the OK Corral. Okay, a lot of people fantasize about that stuff, but that's not reality. So if the attacker is trying to get your gun away from you, it's going to be much more difficult for the attacker to get the gun away from you when it's appendix carry position because you have a much easier way to defend yourself and to retain your gun. If you ever take a gun retention class, which I've done, appendix carry typically has an advantage. You know, you got both your hands in front of you and your gun is in about the one o'clock position, let's say, which they call it appendix carry because it's right in your area of where your appendix is. Well, now you got you got both hands, you got elbows and, and all kinds of things, even feet or knees that you can use to defend and keep people from getting that gun off of you. And also something else you need to think about is one-handed draw. You know, my favorite way, strong side, outside the waistband, it's my favorite way, but if I have to draw left-handed, it's going to be hard for me. I'm a right-handed person. So if the gun's on my right side and it's behind my hip, even if it's, doesn't matter if it's outside or inside the waistband, if I got to reach across my body with my left hand, and draw, that's that's a big disadvantage right there of carrying strong side hip. But if I need to draw left-handed and the gun is in an appendix carry holster, it's going to be a little awkward, but I can easily, I can easily get to my gun, even if I have to draw left-handed. So that's something to think about. We don't always have the use of both of, both of our hands if we're going to be in a fight, right? We have to prepare for what is the most probable. Most of you know I'm a prepper also. I'm a, I'm a modern, common sense, no tin foil hat survivalist. And so the way I look at these things is I look at this as what is the most probable way that I might need to defend myself? The most probable is probably not even drawing my gun at all. As a matter of fact, I'm a big believer in de-escalation. Do whatever you need to do to not have to get to the point. I repeat, not have to get to the point of having to draw your gun. But if that bad day or that bad time comes, you know, and we can't predict the future, folks. That's We just don't know what's going to happen. I get a kick when somebody says, I think it's great when somebody says, I don't go anywhere where I'm going to need to take my gun. Come on, Bob. I don't go to places where I have to carry a gun. Then you probably don't go home. Because you know what? You're probably just as likely to have to use your gun at home than you will have to out on the street. You know, there are a lot of home invasions that go on, especially this day and age, especially when there's rioting and things going on. And riots can break out almost any time. And there's a lot of home invasions. A lot of home invasions, there's more than one attacker. 
Okay? So, yeah, you do go places where you need a gun. You do. If you're at home, you're in a place where you might need a gun. So I prep for what is the most likely scenario. Yes, I carry it home. And I carry it home 90% of the time outside the waistband. Strong side. In a Concealment Solutions Cobra, all Kydex outside the waistband holster. Sometimes I'm, you know when I appendix carry a lot? I appendix carry a lot when I'm driving. And I appendix carry a lot when I know I'm going to be sitting in a chair for a long period of time. So much easier when I'm driving to access the gun when it's up in front of my body. Much easier than behind the hip, strong side. You, if you drive a car that's got seats that are, are going to get in the way of wh where your strong side hip is and where your gun is in that position, it's going to be much more difficult. In fact, sometimes very hard to access your gun. But if you're carrying appendix carry, no problem. So that's something else to think about. And that's another reason why appendix carry is my second favorite method of carrying a gun. Now, what's the chance of me being attacked when I'm driving? Probably little to none. Yeah, what's the chance of me getting carjacked when I'm at a stoplight maybe or in a parking lot? Okay, that might be a little bit greater. But I want you to think about it. Again, I'm a no tinfoil hat, modern day survival thinking kind of a person. So what is the most probable thing that's going to happen? You know, one of the reasons why here down in, in South Texas, actually all of Texas last year, when we got that big winter snowstorm that, you know, paralyzed us for a week and took out power and water supplies and all that, we're not prepared for that stuff here. Now, we are more now, but we weren't last year in 2021. And shame on us. Now, you guys know I'm a, I'm a cheesehead from Wisconsin. That's where, I'm, that's where I was raised. I was raised up in Wisconsin. So, you know, I'm a Yankee with a gun. And up there, I was used to all kinds of snow and ice and nasty weather and below zero and whiteouts and blizzards and all that. But I haven't lived there since 1985. So I've kind of, kind of not been preparing too much for snow and blizzards. But I'm going to say, snow like that and blizzards don't happen a lot down here in San Antonio, Texas, where I live now. Um, so... How much should I prepare for a blizzard here? Well, yeah, a little bit. I should, but it's not the most likely thing to happen here. There's a lot of other disasters. You know what's one of the what's one of the disasters that happens a lot here in San Antonio? Droughts. We get a lot of droughts here. We get a lot of dry, dry weather. Sometimes it'll go two or three months without raining. No, we don't live in the desert. We're not out in Arizona and Nevada. Uh, so we depend more on the rain here, but droughts. So we got to prepare. And there's a lot of different things. I, that's a whole nother podcast. Maybe I can spend 15 minutes talking about uh, preparing for that stuff, but not right here on this. But that's one of them. Immense heat. Immense heat is another way, another thing that we have to prepare for a lot here. Occasionally tornadoes. Blizzards, not much. Okay, so back to firearms. What's most likely the way that you might get attacked or have to use your gun? Oh, I don't know. But I bet 
I bet a, a large percentage of gun uses, defensive, self-defense gun uses, are people defending themselves inside their home or inside their business, like jewelry store uh, defense. You know what? On the news recently, there was a, a guy that stopped a jewelry store robbery. And, of course, how many thousands of times has this happened? He stopped his own store from being vandalized by drawing his gun. Some thug goes into his jewelry store with a, a huge bat and starts breaking and hammering and and throwing his bat down on the glass counters at the jewelry store. And what's really cool is the guy came up to him, pushed him away, created some space, pushed him away, the owner did, and then when he was about five or six feet away from the guy, then drew his gun. Man, that was great. That was great technique. Created distance from his attacker. What I've taught many, many times in, in the classes that I've taught. Okay? So, what's the most likely way? Well, maybe it's inside your home. Maybe it's somebody mugging you outside on the street. Maybe it's somebody mugging you when you're inside of an elevator somewhere. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, maybe you're... You're in some metro area and a riot breaks out, okay, which we've seen that happens a lot. You know, maybe you need to defend yourself from thugs in a riot. And you got to get out of there, whatever. But think about all the scenarios and think about how are you going to carry? What is your preferred method of carry? Again, first, I like to be outside the waistband, strong side hip. Then I like to be inside the waistband. Now, my third favorite concealed carry method, and it's not one I recommend most. It's really not one that I do a lot, but that's pocket carry. And I pocket carry different ways. In the video preview I just put up on my YouTube channel, again, subscribe to that Handgun World on YouTube. I'll put a link in the show notes. Listen to my latest Bob's Bullet Points episode. Pocket carry is much slower for me. I do it when I can't do anything else. In the wintertime when I'm wearing a light jacket, my pocket carry is sometimes a way to go. Now, it depends on my jacket. The jacket that I had on when I did my YouTube video, I wanted to show you how pocket carry for a jacket like that is not real ideal because the gun can move around too much inside the pocket makes it harder and slower to get to but it's better than nothing so I would say if you if you have a choice of either I don't carry anything or I carry in my jacket pocket well carry in your jacket pocket at least have a nice holster revolvers are great for carrying in your jacket pocket by the way that's one of the that's where j-frame revolvers really shine that's what what they're one of the things that they're really good for is pocket carry now, I use a DeSantis holster for pocket carry. I like them a lot. I use a uh, DeSantis, I think this is called a Superfly, because it's kind of like, got like real aggressive flypaper outside kind of texture. And it just stays in that pocket nicely, the way that it's supposed to. But it's so much slower. However, I've done a lot of pocket carry in the past, when I go to like a business appointment and it's kind of a higher profile business appointment. Now, 
I'm not going to get into a lot of detail of what I do, but I'm in sales and I'm in outside sales. I've been in outside sales now since 1986, a long time. And But I haven't been carrying a gun since 1986. But sometimes i got to put my little Ruger LCP-2 or my little Car P380 inside of my DeSantis pocket carry holster. And I need to slide it in my right front pocket of my uh, pants that I'm wearing. And it looks like a huge wallet or a huge phone. In fact, it's not that much bigger than my iPhone. In fact, it's no longer than my iPhone and just a tad bit wider than my iPhone and doesn't really weigh too much more than my iPhone. So nobody ever notices anything. Nobody really cares. Nobody notices anything, says anything. But that's going to be a lot harder to get that get to that gun if I have to use it. Time is everything. And saving time in split seconds, that is everything. Most gunfights... Uh, boy, they happen so fast, so fast. And if the, if you think you're going to have five to ten seconds to sit there and think about, uh, uh, you know, what you're going to do, uh, dream on. Uh, you're you're not going to get five to ten seconds. Very very rarely are you going to get that. Probably two to three seconds at the most, and the whole thing could be over. So you know, I mean, if 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 the bad guy, if your encounter with with the bad guy, if it's if you got three seconds to make a decision and it takes you three or four seconds to get your gun out of your pocket, what do you think about that? A lot of people outside, I mean, excuse me, they off-body carry. Women do that a lot, carry it in their purse. I got a friend of mine, he carries kind of like a, a bag that, um, well, it's not a backpack, but it's just, it's a bag that kind of, hangs over his shoulders and it's on the side of his body a lot or it's positioned a little bit in front of his body and it's a dedicated it's a designed concealed carry bag that you wear on the outside of your body I'm still not a real big fan of that I'm not I'm not because sooner or later sooner or later that bag or the purse that you're carrying your gun in sooner or later it's going to be separated from you I'll say that again. Sooner or later, your bag's going to be separated from you. You might go to a friend's house. You might have it in your purse. You set your purse down at a friend's house. You're talking and you're forgetting about, you forgot that your gun is in that purse. And your purse could be sitting on their dinner table. You could be in the other room and your loaded gun is in your purse. What if there's kids in that house? Think about that. Guys, if you off-body carry, if you carry in a backpack or if you carry in some kind of a, another bag that's off your body, sooner or later, that bag is not going to be on your body. It's not going to be with you. What are you going to do if you need your gun? What if you can't get to that bag? What if a bad guy gets between you and your bag and you can't get to it? Now guess what? You not only can you not get to your gun, but the bad guy can probably get to your gun and get it and use it against you. So I'm not real big on off-body carry. My sister and my mom they do a lot of horseback riding, and uh, both of them carry. And my sister used to carry in some kind of a bag that she had attached to the saddle. Of her, ho- of her horse and I, I discouraged her from doing that 
because first of all what if she and the horse get separated and folks I've been riding horses for a long time many years when I was a teenager and a young adult I rode horses a lot and I've been thrown off or fell off a couple of times so me and the horse got separated okay plus it was hard for my sister to get to that Glock 42 that she had in the bag so now my sister I encouraged her to get a real good holster from one of my sponsors and now she carries strong side hip about the four o'clock position while she's riding a horse she got used to it she does it that's a lot better because if she gets separated from the horse the guns still on her hopefully she doesn't get thrown from the horse that's a bad thing whether you're carrying a gun or not but it's happened to me and I know what that's like but it's just a real big reason why I'm not a fan of off-body carry is what is commonly called so that's why I don't put it on my list of my favorite ways to carry shoulder carry I'm kind of 50 50 about that um, I, I've tried shoulder holsters before I think they're bulky I think they're uncomfortable uh, what if I have a what if I've got my shirt completely buttoned up like right now I got a business casual shirt on and by the way if you look at the YouTube preview of this episode you'll see the shirt that I'm talking about what if I got a buttoned up shirt and I'm trying to shoulder I try to carry in a shoulder holster okay well I either have to have another garment over it or how in the heck am I gonna easily access my gun when my shirts buttoned up uh, I mean it's just you know seems kind of impractical to me I know that Don Johnson was popular uh, you know on Miami Vice uh, shoulder carrying but you're not Don Johnson and this is not Miami Vice so I don't know like I said shoulder carry is I mean some of you make it work and I'm probably gonna get some comments by the way if you wanna send me an email handgunworld at gmail.com handgunworld at gmail.com or if you wanna put a comment on uh, one of the social media sites that I'm on or if you want to voicemail me 210-646-1727 and if you want to show me and tell me how how shoulder why can't I say this today that's weird carrying in a holster that's strapped over your shoulder and under your arm <laughs> I don't know why I can't say it sometimes I get a little tongue-tied sorry about that if you if that's if you think that that's really awesome and you got a great way that you do it well let me know then I, I would like to hear about it you guys know I'm an open-minded guy and I'm never 100% right about anything anybody who claims that they're always right about everything don't listen to that person that's not me I'm open-minded and if I'm wrong I'll say hey I was wrong about something and I'll correct it on another episode I would love to hear it but I've been doing this podcast now 11 years and I've been shooting and training for 15 years and I don't think I can ever recall somebody saying hey guess what I uh, I carry in a shoulder holster and I love it and I do it 100% of the time haven't heard that how about how about you I, I don't know oh uh, let's see what else am I forgetting oh throwing a gun in the glove box of your truck or your car or in the center console of your car or truck oh please don't do that please don't do that come on 
I mean, again, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. You're going to leave your car. You're going to forget about the gun that's in your center console or the glove box. And you just left a loaded gun in your vehicle. Not only that, have you practiced getting the gun out of your glove box? Have you practiced that while you're still behind the wheel? Um, have you practiced it while your your car is still? And have you practiced it while you're driving slowly? What if what if you're like at a stoplight, and and something happens, and you got to get that you got to reach all the way across your vehicle, and you got to get that gun out of your glove box? You ever try that? That's pretty tough to do. Even in the center console, you still got to flip it up and open it. And then you got to get the gun out. I've seen some people, they have some kind of a contraption where they mount the gun underneath, a little bit underneath the steering wheel. Uh, well, you know, I guess that's okay. But what are you going to do when you have to leave your vehicle? Right? What are you going to do when you drive to the post office? Think about that. What are you going to do? When you drive anywhere, when, when you stop at a convenience store or when you stop at a gas station, then you got to run inside the store to pick something up. What about your exposed gun inside your vehicle? You think that's a good idea if it's if it's uh, exposed, even if that's legal to do? You think that's a good idea? Or like I said, what if you uh, drive over to some friend's house and you got your you got your Glock 19 or your 357 Magnum revolver and it's in your glove box of your GMC Sierra pickup or, or your F-150 or your Toyota Tundra, whatever you drive. And, and then you get out and you go to your friend's house and, and you walk in and, and then you realize later, maybe an hour or two after you're yakking and drinking beer, oh, guess what? My handgun's in my truck. Right? And what if you had a couple of soda pops? What if you had a couple of Bud Lights? Uh, now what? Now what? And then, and you know, and even if you even if you wait to drive home like you should, because you shouldn't start driving home right away after you had after you had a couple of drinks, you shouldn't do that. You need to stay where you're at and wait till you sober up. You got to call an Uber to get home or whatever. Now your gun is still sitting there. Your loaded gun is in the glove box of your truck or your car, whatever it is. Ah, don't do that. There are ways to keep your gun on your body to make it comfortable, to make it secure, to make it easy to access when you need it. Uh, just don't off-body carry. I, I just don't think that that is... I mean, can, can you tell me a really good idea... Um, it, it might be a rare situation where off-body carry works, right? It might be an off-rare uh, situation, but tell me about it. I, I, I would, I would certainly like to hear that. Okay, that's gonna wrap it up. Hopefully, I've given you some good things to think about here on this 582nd episode of the Handgun World podcast, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Again, I'm Bob Main. And uh, this is a practical show done by a practical guy. That's the way I think of things. Uh, please remember to join the Shooters Club or my Patreon. Uh, 
membership site. I'd like to get your support. Above and beyond my sponsors, I don't get a lot of financial. I mean, I get some financial support. I'll be upfront about that, but it's not enough. So if you could at least for three bucks a month, sign up on my Patreon page. Uh, I just put some new videos up there. And I put some new videos on the Shooters Club that I produced together with Ben Branham over at the Modern Self-Protection Podcast. And you can join the Shooters Club for as little as $8 a month or $75 a year. I'd appreciate that kind of support. Take care of my sponsors, Keepers Concealment and Concealment Solutions. And also, if you don't want to spend any extra money, but you want to help out old Bob Maine, who's been talking about guns for 11 years, you want to help me out, do your shopping through the Handgun World affiliate Amazon store. That means all you got to do is go to handgunworld.com, click where it says my Amazon store, and then log into your Amazon account or your Amazon Prime account and do your shopping when you do that. That'll help me out as well. Last but not least, leave me a review. If you use Apple Podcasts or iTunes or any kind of a podcast app, if they allow you to do a review there, I would very much appreciate that, and I'd be very grateful. That's all. Shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.